Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Bull. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilizing a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning, and you're listening to um, Dirt Radio on 3CR. Um, I'm Jack Miller, and today I've got Jared uh, from Friends of the Earth headquarters. How are you doing, Jared? Good. It's good to be back in the studio. Good. Good to have you. Um, I'd like to start off by saying that we're coming live today from the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people, of the Kulin Nation, and Friends of the Earth agree that sovereignty was never ceded. Um, so we've got a big day today, Jared, because obviously a lot went on over the weekend, and I know that you've got Lynn from Lighter Footprints um, as a phone interview, and Morgan from uh, Climate Network Australia. So tell us a bit about what you have planned. Yeah, well, I guess before that, I'd like to, I guess, reflect back on the last time I was in the studio, just a couple of weeks back. Um, we spoke about these climate candidate forums that a lot of grassroots climate groups were, uh, were organising, and... All across the state and across the country, these events were a massive success. There were packed halls uh, with events with up to like 400 people coming in uh, because the community wanted to hear about what their candidates had to say about climate action. Um, and I just wanted to share one, one particular story uh, for Greg, uh, who, who we spoke to last time, and the, and the, and the candidate forum that they were organising. So you may have known that many Liberal incumbents didn't really want to come to these climate candidate forums um, for a number of reasons, but there was so much pressure in the, in the electorate of Higgins from the community who were caring about climate change, uh, the incumbent, Katie Allen, actually called Greg, the organiser, uh, 20 minutes before it started, saying, can, can I come? Which I think just demonstrates the immense power of community organising, uh, and especially in this election campaign, how much there was such a big push uh, for climate action. So... Yeah, just moving on from that, um, in terms of this show, I'm not a political analyst. I'm not going to be crunching numbers, looking at the swings and the preference flows. Um, I would suggest going to Catherine Murphy from The Guardian if you want something like that. Um, I wanted to reflect on a couple of major thoughts, um, which were first that major parties really trying to make this election not about climate action. It was never spoken about or almost never spoken about. And a lot of the news outlets and um, uh, the press back kind of followed suit. They were very very rarely asked about climate, um, but that really contrasts highly with what people were saying. So surveys from groups like the Australian Conservation Foundation um, showed that you know, 75% of the electorate, like the federal electorate, were interested in, and concerned about climate change. ABC Vote and Compass showed that it was the, the most important issue for voters. Um, and then the results speak for themselves. You know, you have these Teal's taking safe renewable seats mostly because of climate. You have uh, what, I, what I've heard and I find really funny, Greensland. So the Greens taking a lot of seats in Queensland um, highlights that as well. Labor's gains across the country uh, and a lot of the post-election analysis has really been about why climate was such an important part of um, this, this election. So bringing, as you mentioned before, bringing in two guests, um, Lynn from Lighter Footprints, and she'll speak a little bit about what Lighter Footprints is. We also heard from her co-convener, Mick, last time. Um, they're a grassroots climate group in the inner east of Melbourne. And then Morgan Pickett um, from the Climate Action Network Australia um, to give a bit more of a federal perspective about the grassroots climate work uh, in this election. Yeah, sounds excellent. And, well, I mean, what a crazy weekend for it, hey? Like, <laughs> it, was, um, it was good to see so many people come out and obviously support. Obviously, climate's a big issue, um, I think, people were very upset with the Liberals and 
kind of how they've treated women as well. I think they're the two things that have really changed um, from what I see being the same as you, a complete layman's. But these are things, it's, it's good to see people voting against these, what I call cohort seats, where they're the same every year or every four years, they're voting for the same people in the same seats. You know, I was speaking before about Kuyong, and that's been a liberal seat that was a men's seat for best part of 100 years i don't think it's ever been anything different and no not since federation no and yeah. and that's been voted essentially the um lady in that seat was ran on climate and she's still a pretty conservative person but i think she ran on climate and that's obviously changed people's views which is excellent mm. um so i suppose should we kick off with lynn yeah let's bring lynn in let's bring lynn in bring lynn morning lynn good morning morning lynn Hey, Lynn, how's Hello. it going? Yeah, good. Very good, thank you. Feeling for... pretty, pretty happy after the weekend. Great. Uh, thanks for joining us on the show. Um, if you could maybe just first introduce yourself and Lighter Footprints, the group that you work with. Sure. So I'm a co-convener of Lighter Footprints. It's a climate action group based in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. Um, Mick Nolan is the other convener. Uh, we've got about 3,000 people on our email list. And we hold monthly meetings on the last Wednesday of the month. Uh, our June meeting is going to be on offshore wind. And if I could just put in a plug, we've got Pat Simons from Friends of the Earth um, speaking, as well as Sarah Altman from the Star of the South Offshore Wind Project. So if anyone's interested, you can go to our website, www.ladderfootprints.org, uh, and RSVP to that event. Yeah, great. Um, we'll, uh, we'll add that to the show notes so people who want to come along can, can find that. Great. Thanks very much, Jared. No worries. So um, we also have working groups um, that are focused on specific areas like local government, MP engagement, energy transition, and those are running all the time. So if anybody wants to get on board, join us at Lighter Footprints. We'd love to have you. Great. I'm sure many of our listeners would like to get involved. Um, in terms of this election, um, I, I, I know that you and your organization created these climate scorecards. Can you tell us a bit about them and where you were handing them out and what the impact you think it had? Okay, so um, Lada for Prince has done scorecards in the past, and we knew we wanted to do them again for this federal election. So we raised the issue at a Victorian Climate Action Network meeting. So that network is a, a collection of other climate action groups across the state. So we raised the possibility of doing a scorecard that could be applied in more than one electorate. People were interested, and so we formed the VCAN Scorecard Working Group and that group set about developing a scorecard that could be used in any Victorian electorate with modifications for each particular seat. We decided that we weren't going to do questionnaires, which is often how scorecards are done. Um, they're problematic for a number of reasons, and we decided to simply base our scorecard on published policies with a cutoff date. We identified key areas that we wanted to see climate action in, and those are the ones that we scored the candidates on. Could you tell us which ones? Yeah, sure. So there were five climate and two integrity. We thought it was really important to include integrity because if we don't get things like political donation laws right, we're never going to fix climate. Mm -hmm. So we went with recognizes the climate emergency, ambitious 2030 emissions reduction target, rapid move to 100% renewable energy, substantial incentives for electric vehicles, no new fossil fuel mining, thermal coal, gas, or oil, 
and the integrity ones were Strong Independent Integrity Commission and Political Donation Law Reform. So these scorecards were used in eight electorates uh, around the, um, mostly around the inner Melbourne area. In Kuyong, we letterboxed the whole electorate with an initial version of the scorecard, which included on its back a great explanation of preferential voting, because a lot of voters don't understand how prefer- preferential voting works, and they worry about voting for a minor party that their vote might be wasted. And then we did a second print run, which had the uh, Senate scorecard on the back. So I'd just like to say an awful lot of work went into developing these scorecards. We were really meticulous. We had a couple of people who, who um, Alex Carell from the Kuyong Climate Change Alliance and Jane Morton from Darabin Climate Action, who put an awful lot of work in. All of it was checked and double-checked. Uh, so that we were confident that the scorecards couldn't be impugned in any way. They were just a very clear indication of where the candidates stood on these key issues. And you could go to the, use the QR code on the scorecard to go to the website to look at the scoring rationale and all of the policies that we based those scores on. So, um, in addition to letterboxing the scorecards, we handed them out at pre-poll and on polling day in the three electorates that Lada Footprints worked in, Kuyong, Chisholm, and Higgins. Uh, we covered all of pre-poll in, in those electorates. It's impressive, isn't um, it? It was. Yeah, really um, a pleasure to be able to work in alliance with other groups who helped us um, to be able to um, staff the polling booths uh, at pre-poll and many on polling day as well. Um, so you asked what we thought the impact of it was. Yeah, I, I guess the impact of, of the scorecard and expanding on that, just climate in the elect- in those three electorates that you worked in. Sure. So, look, I think it's, you know, it's really hard to say that any one thing had, you know, a particular level of impact. So the seats that we worked in with these scorecards the Chisholm, Higgins, and Kuyong, uh, were all lost by the Liberals. So we'd like to take some credit for that. Um, the experience with the scorecards as we were handing them out, some people actually rocked up to the polling booth with our scorecard in their pocket because they'd received it in their letterbox. Oh, wow. um, some people came out of the uh, polling booth and handed back our scorecard if we'd given it to them on the way in, and thanked us and said how useful that the scorecard had been. One family actually emailed us to say that they'd all sat down together with our scorecard and discussed the scored policies and formed a view, which I think is pretty fantastic. Mm. Um, in Kuyong, given that Monique Ryan gave no preferences on her how to vote, our scorecard was really helpful particularly for the Senate, because people just have no idea and they're confronted with that huge white ballot paper. Mm. So, look, the other thing is, because we had people on the polling booths handing out the scorecards, you know, almost every voter heard us say, vote for the climate, here's a climate scorecard, uh, vote climate for the kids, or something like that, as one of the last things that was said to them before they went into the booth. And I think that's got to have an impact. Yeah. 
That's a good point. Uh, something that, I'll, that I guess I'd like to add is that Higgins, one of the seats that you were in, it was a pretty under-discussed electorate. Like, we didn't have that much coverage. A lot of people thought it was just a little bit safe, even though it was actually at a 2.6% swing from the last election. And it's, it sounds like this is one of the only things actually happening uh, in a significant way uh, in the electorate. So that's pretty, that's pretty impactful as well. Yeah, and I think the candidate forum, I guess you discussed that last week, that, yeah. that uh, ran in Higgins, was a really great event. When you get to see those candidates next to each other on the stage and get a sense of, of who they are, um, I, I think it's very powerful. And it doesn't impact only the people in the room because that event was recorded, put up on YouTube, and people talk. They talk to their friends and say, yeah, I saw these candidates and this one or the other impressed me. Yeah, that's a good point. I think what's really, <clears throat> I think what's really interesting, also Lynn, and also Jared, with the work that you've been doing for months and months and months, is the Liberal Party went out in campaign marketing mode, and the community came out in organising mode, mm. and I think that that made a real difference. The things that you're talking about, Lynn, about being on the ground, running forums, door knocking, letterboxing, all those kind of things are like really sit in traditional kind of organising models. Uh, and, yeah, I, I think for the first time many people that were participating in the teal seats uh, that that won were also engaging in direct organising rather than just spouting campaigning lines. So I think part of the reflection has got to be uh, the seats that actually turned were the seats where the community engaged and organised, and, and that's something to be very hopeful about. Yeah, I think that was a huge impact here, obviously, in mm -hmm. Kuyong with the Mini Crying campaign. And so many people were activated by that campaign for the first time. Yeah. And I think it's going to be really interesting going forward to see whether the teal seats can maintain that momentum, mm -hmm. to see whether they decide to use that at the state election uh, in November. Um, yes. And I also think the climate movement can learn from them. I think we need to look at what the teal candidates did and say, you know, we've been working on climate for 15 years in this seat, and in a matter of months, Monique Ryan pulled 2,000 volunteers. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, I think there, there are lessons to be learned. Great. Well, Lynn, thanks for joining us. We're going to have to take a break and go to community announcements, but um, great job on your campaign and uh, I'll see you soon. Thanks, Jared. Thanks for having me, and thanks for all your help. Thanks, Lynn. Right. Bye now. Well, if you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, it's so know where you are. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. We'll check out the happy vibe. It's gonna ring up and subscribe if you listen to 3CR. Flap your ears. What? Who the hell is that? Flap your ears. What are you talking about? I ain't no elephant. Get out of here. This is handmade radio. Flap your ears. Get out. Get the hell out of here now. You're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR with Sam, Jared and Jack. Um, next up on the phone, we have an interview with Morgan. 
Um, we'll just get Patch Morgan through. Hey, Jack, before we put Morgan on, can I just say, uh, if anyone's watching Twitter or been listening to the news, Bernie Finn just got expelled from the Liberal Party for his extreme views on abortion and women's bodies and reproductive rights. So this week just keeps getting better yeah, and better. Say, that's a big smile uh, you've got bye, in there, Sam. Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's just that's all right. no. it's just such a good week. I just yeah. it's it just keeps coming and coming, hey. Absolutely. <laughs> Morgan, are you there? Can you repeat that please? Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes we can. Hi hey, Morgan. Hey, good morning guys. How are you going? We're good. Thanks for joining us on the show. Yeah, we're going really well. Bernie Finn just got expelled from the Liberal Party, so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I saw that. Uh, yeah, pretty incredible stuff, hey? Yeah, celebration what a, what a coffee coming after the show. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we're not, we're not going to throw you under the bus for your analysis on that. Um, <laughs> we'd love for you to talk a bit about your work with the Climate Action Network Australia and some perspective about the, the, the federal election. So if you could introduce yourself and, and the organisation, that'd be great. Yeah, thanks, Chad. Um Yeah, so, morning, guys. I'd love to hear your voices. Uh, I'm Morgan Pickett. Uh, I'm a climate activist and Federal Climate Campaigner with Climate Action Network Australia. Um, I guess we're more commonly referred to as CANA. Um, But essentially, CANA is the biggest network uh, of organisations working to confront the climate crisis. Uh, And our principal purpose really is the protection and enhancement of the natural environment, uh, provision and information and education about natural environment, particularly in relation to climate change, as a really key issue for us. Um, So we support our members and our allies to take actions to protect people at home and abroad from climate change, safeguard our natural environment and, and build a fair, clean, healthier Australia for everyone. That's really Canada's purpose. It's pretty good. <laughs> and um, and so there was, a, there was a lot of nationwide grassroots climate activity in this election. If I understand correctly, you've crunched some numbers on this. So if you could tell the listeners what you found, that'd be great. Ooh, data. Yes, yes data. I have been looking through spreadsheets and compiling data for far too long. And I'm (laughs) going a bit nasty with it. (laughs) That's quite all right. But yeah, thanks, Joe. There was some some really interesting data uh, that I that I discovered just trawling through all the action that was happening on the ground, particularly climate um, grassroots movements around the country. And I think we really saw the impact on Saturday uh, with the results. But um, you might have heard some Teal Canada's comments uh, that, you know, all campaigning is local and I think that really played out with the grassroots movements. Um, just some stats off the top here. We, just in the pre-polling alone, close to a million flyers and climate action info cards like the one uh, that Lynn was talking about were distributed nationwide just in that pre-polling period, which is you know a huge effort. So there was clearly a big movement demonstrating um, the policies that we need in, on climate. Um, community members conducted 198 meetings with ministers and candidates in the lead-up to the election as well. Uh, These candidates really knew that climate was a big concern um, for their constituents and for for community members. Oh, here's a big stat. 625 large community climate events. So that includes big vigils, rallies, um, climate picnics, things that got hundreds of people to come out in support of climate action. Um, So, yeah, the community members really spoke. I think another really interesting thing was we had 38 community-initiated climate candidate forums across the nation. Mm-hmm. So these were candidate forums, um, MPs coming along and asking them, well, you know, what are you going to do about climate this decade? 
we know is you know, the most important issue for the community, uh, as we saw in the ABC. Um, Road Compass Stats and, and a bunch of other work put out by organisations and made up to the election. Wow. Um, yeah. But lots of really cool things. I think something I was really happy with too, um, Canada's been part of distributing the Climate Action Now signs. If you haven't seen those around or if you want one, I think there's still some available on Canada's website. Well, there might um, be some sitting in a corner of our office somewhere as well. <laughs> and that might as well, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Yeah, great. We'll put them out on the windows because uh, we have a state election coming up as well. And I exactly. think it's clear to keep the message alive. Uh, but we saw 126,000 uh, or over 126,000 of those signs distributed across households uh, and businesses in 120 electorates just in the last eight months alone. Uh, eight months alone. That's great. So, yeah, that's really, an, really that's amazing reach, you know, for those who don't know, like there's only 150 electorates in the country. So that's a wild amount of reach, Morgan. Yeah. I think it really just goes to show how much the community cared about climate action this decade. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. I, um, I have one attached to the back of my bicycle and I was, <laughs> I was cycling through somewhere a couple of weeks ago and I saw a photographer just on the street see me ride past and just like quickly snap the shot of it <laughs> just waiting for it to pop up on twitter somewhere but so far nothing yeah nice it's, it's going to be on the liberal party's new website <laughs> they changed their mind <laughs> so now the dust you know dust is kind of settling the federal election has passed obviously we're still waiting to see final results if the labor party will get uh, a majority government but from i guess that federal perspective and the groups that you've worked with how do you think climate influenced this election? Oh, I think this was clearly the climate election. Um, it was the underlying issue. Um, you know, the two major parties really were quite pretty quiet on this on this issue for the whole duration of the campaign. No one wanted to talk about it, uh, which I think is just a testament to how much the grassroots movement was really um, the, the driving force behind this. Uh, to get this on the electoral agenda and to really make this the key issue of the election is huge. Um, but, yeah, this was the climate election unequivocally. Uh, and I think, that, yeah, the second thing we learn is, you know, wherever we saw climate groups active, community groups active, grassroots groups, this impacted on swings right across the country, um, not just in those inner-city teal seats, um, but also in, in suburban and regional areas, um, yeah, just looking at some stats here, some, some of the biggest swings, um, you know, were to the Green, to the ALP, um, that had been doing where those groups have been on the ground. Um, seats like Brisbane, Ryan, um, Boothby and SA, Swan, Hasluck, um, and also this independent, uh, you know, Northern Sydney, Warringah. It was, it was pretty incredible there. But I think really where you saw some big impacts, where we've seen, you know, climate disasters, uh, mm happening in, right in the lead-up to the election with floods, you know, the fires, uh, and big swings away from the Liberals. And there's some national, um, national swings away from the National Party as well, where they've been, you know, really speaking you know, about dissolving the 2050 <laughs> targets and all this nonsense, um, you know. But they're for the farmers. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't they for the yeah, farmers? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it just makes no sense. It's almost like they want their party to die. You know, um, it's, it's mad stuff. It is. Yeah, they should be really in touch with their, yeah. their constituents and in touch with, um, you know, that, that element of 
working with the natural landscape. Like, Gee, I don't know, I like a, food bowls and security of food. and It's just, it's quite an extraordinary um, misstep, I think, by the nationals to, to keep denying climate and the need for action. Yeah. Well, and obviously you're referencing that Canavan. Uh, who's the kind of the the, the actually? I was thinking boy. of Barnaby, but Canavan <laughs> Barnaby. would do right. cosplay Canavan. Yeah, but yeah. He, when he when he came out a couple of weeks ago, and was like you know twenty fifty targets are dead. He actually got kind of shut down by a lot of other nationals. Yeah, which I think is a very good sign. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe they're going to fracture as well now. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Morgan, unless you have anything else to to share with us, any more data points? I'm sure Sam would love to hear more data. <laughs> I love the data, Morgan. It's really useful. I really uh, am looking forward to seeing the uh, full breakdown around women voting in this election. I know that we, as a cohort, made up um, the largest percentage of registered voters at 17 million. And within that, the professional women were the largest cohort of voters in this election. So I think it's really interesting that climate has um, had such impact and it's running almost um, in a convergence with feminist thought around futures and in a convergence of, I guess, post-pandemic and post-climate disaster impact where once your body and your material possession is physically impacted, it really seems to have changed how people have thought this election. So, yeah, I'm keen to see, see the rest of the demographic breakdown. Yeah, definitely. I think... Climate is an intersectional issue. Uh, it affects mm. you know, people in all different ways, particularly those most marginalised in our communities. And I think that was demonstrative in, in election results as well. People came out and said, we can't, we don't want to put up with this lot anymore. And, and they're not listening to us. So, yeah, I'm, I can send you plenty of spreadsheets. Uh, I'm sure you don't want to talk all these numbers. But there will be plenty of great reports coming out. Just um, send me through the polished. totals. I, know, I don't <laughs> want to see the whole spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I'm... Um, <laughs> Fantastic. I won't do that to you. That'd be horrible. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, Morgan. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, thanks for all your work. Thanks, Morgan. Hope yeah. you have a good week. And, uh, yeah, uh, thank you for all the work you did over over the last year in this. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. You're listening to 3CR. You're listening to Dirt Radio on 3CR with uh, <laughs> Sam, Jared and Jack. And two great interviews there, Jared. Um, it's nice to see the, the community engagement um, mm. ramping up. And also one thing that strikes me is with, obviously, Labour and Albanese strutting around like they've won, but they kind of won in like a roundabout way. They are losing primary vote. And it yeah. speaks volumes about the opinion of people across the country, mm. which is good. I think that we need to, um, as Morgan alluded to, keep the pressure on really not Absolutely. just sit there and say oh well there's been a change and this is great it needs to be a ensure it's actually progressing with the change for mm. the next couple of years definitely well next couple of years the thing that i'm thinking about is actually the next couple of months we've got a victorian state election yeah, yeah. and i'm thinking about what can the grassroots learn what can the uh, victorian liberals who are currently in opposition what can they learn from this election I know what you guys think. <laughs> well, they got rid of Bernie Finn, so that, that kind of tells you how scared they are about yeah. being outside of social licence. So that's interesting. I think the great takeaway is organise, 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 yeah. you know? Think global, act local. 
Yeah. It's Friends of the Earth's model all over again. <laughs> yeah, so if that's that's a great time to get involved with Friends of the Earth if you're interested, you know. Yeah, Jared, I believe you do some organising at Friends of the Earth. You I do. You want some people to come help you for the state election? I would love that. Not just for the state election, but, you know, ongoing Absolutely. Um, engagement and uh, making sure that our politicians are reflecting the communities that they're elected to represent uh, and bringing about the most just climate policy. Yeah, and that's a really good point. Like, uh, the work exists beyond the electoral cycle. We are after system change. And if we don't get that, then it doesn't matter who's at the head, really, does it? So, yeah. and, and I'm kind of hoping that the a lot of people, I think we mentioned it before, rocked up for their first time to help with uh, a particular party on, on letterboxing or on, on polling day or pre-poll. And I hope that those people will stay switched on and will want to help out with other things, and I'm, I'm hoping to, to get a massive influx of people wanting to put their hand up and help out. It's Absolutely. exciting. Get involved in your local community. I think we have to go, don't we? Yeah, Jack, Jack's like waving at us time. like, we're well, done, yeah, we're that's done. It. We're, we're, we're ready to you know, <laughs> sit and grab a coffee. Uh, it's been great having you both in today. Uh, thanks very much. See you next week. See, See you next week. Common Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital campaigning, diversity and inclusion and much, much more. It's free to access the library, so check out the collection at www.commonslibrary.org. Common Social Change Library is a 3CR supporter.